Daily Draft Report. Set your DDR to record now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into your Daily Draft Report. It's the daily dose of prospect information for the NFL Draft brought to you by Campus to Canton. Make sure you check out all the other podcasts on the Campus to Canton Network. One of my personal favorites is the Chasing the Natty podcast with Jared Palmgren. Goes over college football, college fantasy football, and Jared really knows what he's talking about. Don't let him know I said that, though. So, anyways, tonight's prospect, we're going to go back to the defensive side of the ball. Derek Stingley Jr., corner from LSU, six foot one, 195 pounds. Pretty much long thought to be the top corner in this class, but for some reason, he's not going to be drafted like that, it appears. So, my guest tonight is Tyler Citrello. Tyler, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Getting ready. Just it feels like the draft is getting here very quickly. I, I don't know whether that's good or bad. So, like, yeah, it uh, you know, March Madness, the Masters, and then it's draft time. So, right. Yeah. Once Michigan State lost in March Madness, I was kind. Of, is is Auburn still alive? No, we got uh, we got uh, our, got our teeth kicked in against Miami on Sunday. God, it sucks. I really liked them coming into the tournament too. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I had them winning one of my brackets. So I definitely yeah. had my bracket as well. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. All right. A quick recruiting profile of Derek Stingley. He was. I didn't even realize he was so highly ranked. He was the number three ra- overall ranked prospect in the class of 2019 from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He was obviously a five star. Very close to being a perfect ten. Um, like I said, the third ranked player in the composite first ranked corner obviously and 71th ranked all time in 24 7 sports that's pretty crazy he had 32 offers including florida texas alabama arizona state ultimately chose lsu and as far as statistically uh, he's a corner so there's not a ton of statistics but his freshman year he did he did intercept six balls uh, which is pretty impressive that was the year they won the title wasn't it 2019 yes Okay, I can't, it feels like it's so long ago. Right. 15, yeah, 15 pass deflections that year as well, which is stupid. And then his sophomore year, kind of a quieter year as far as statistics, 27 tackles, I think probably because nobody was throwing at him. And no more interceptions in his sophomore or junior year. So I think people were just tired of testing him. Let's get into what makes him so damn good. Tyler, what traits and attributes does he possess you think will make him successful in the NFL? Yeah, I think the first thing that jumped out, I didn't realize he was the 71th highest played um, player in 247 um, either. And, I mean, he played like his freshman year, right? He came in as a oh, yeah, and he immediately jumped off the screen. But his best skills are his athletic ability. Uh, his ball skills are tremendous. He probably has, a, he has ball skills like a receiver. There was obviously those rumors about LSU trying him at receiver, um, playing both sides of the ball. But, um, you know, his ball skills, he has great hips. He, again, he has good size for a corner that you like to see. It's not too tall, too lanky, but not short on the other side as well. He has great press press man skills. I think that's his best trait is uh, to c- combine with his ball skills is just the ability to play one-on-one coverage isolated against, you know, teams number one receivers. And we've seen that tested too, right, against Alabama. And, um, oh, yeah. Highlights against my school, Auburn, too, that he had in the past, too, so. He's battle-tested, even though he hasn't played football in a while. I think, you know, we'll get into those concerns, I'm sure. But overall, he's probably the best, one of the two best athletes at the position in the corner class. 
I think him and Andrew Booth are probably the two best athletes. Um, but he definitely has the best ball skills of anybody in the class. You kind of talked about it with his past deflections and, you know, the interceptions that he had as a freshman. But people stop throwing to him when you're when you when people <laughs> do stop throwing to you. Yeah, when you you break when you have fifteen pass deflections, they stop throwing it at you. Yeah. So um, I had forgot that he opted out last year. That's why his stats he didn't have many yeah. stats last year. Yeah, I was going to say. So you had the COVID year, and then obviously he had the foot issues, and I think that's you know you right. kind of did in the intro to him that he might fall a little bit and not be selected as the number one corner, and it's probably just because of the concerns about the lack of film and maybe the foot issues. But I think there's obviously going to be a couple teams that look past that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's hard to argue that he's the best, that he is the best corner in this class, but because he doesn't have the tape to show it up the last two years, you know, guys like Booth got into the, and Sauce got into the equation. So I noticed the same things you did. He is phenomenal in man coverage. He's yeah. incredibly sticky. He, he moves well. He's very fluid. He, he's fiery. He loves to hit. He yeah. can actually hit, you know, which is he pretty is rare. Tackler. Yeah, I think a lot of yeah. times, it's a misconception that he doesn't want to tackle, but if you, I mean, you go back to his freshman year and he will, he'll come up and he'll come up and tackle. He's, he's definitely a willing tackler. Yeah. It's pretty rare for a top corner like that to be as aggressive as he is. You know, I, I like, that's one of the things I like about McCreary. McCreary also had to kind of, I felt like McCreary was trying to make his name a little more. Mm-hmm. I, I like, I think he's a little tougher. Yeah. I know you're not, you're an Auburn fan. So you probably yeah, a little biased. Roger, I think he's probably the toughest corner, but th- I will admit my bias there for sure. Right. Oh yeah. I, I see. I, I love him a lot too. Like these top three, top couple guys for me, Stingley, um, not ironically, not sauce Stingley booth and, um, Ray Creary are very close. Like just because, you know, like as far as who's the top corner personally, I kind of like booth a little better. But I think all three of these guys are going to be really good corners in the NFL. So, so the one that I like a lot, too, is McDuffie. The reason why I like Trent McDuffie out of Washington a lot, too, is his versatility. Um, I personally value guys who can play inside and out. Um, we've even seen that with Jalen Ramsey recently, right? Probably the best corner in the NFL. Always been the guy to isolate on the best receivers, but he slid into the nickel spot a lot this year, too. So I'm high on McDuffie as well in this class, too, just because of that versatility. And that's why I'm really high on Roger, too, because I think he can do both. But oh, I yeah. Bingley will be more of the out. Like, I think he'll stay as that outside um, press man, <coughs> you on the island throughout the game kind of guy in the NFL. Right, yeah, he's definitely probably the the closest to a shutdown, yeah, you know, in in the class. So, I, right, but I think all through all all four, I, I forget McDuffie sometimes too, but he's right there. And what's funny is Sauce may end up may be the top one drafted, and I just don't see it compared to the other four guys. Yeah, like, he's good. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, he's a good player. But I think he's gonna. You know who he reminds me of is Brandon Browner. If you guys remember Brandon Browner from the Seahawks, the cover three, tall, six three, six four corner. Yep. Plays physical if he needs to, but doesn't want to play man. That's kind of sauce reminds me of. Um, sauce was impressive. He never gave up a touchdown, I don't think, you know, in his three years. But there's concerns about the hips there for me and, uh, you know, playing man-to-man coverage and, um, you know, just dealing with the route combinations at the next level is much different than on Saturdays. Right. Yeah. Like all, all three, all four of the other guys have had, you know, especially the three uh, SEC guys and then Booth, you know, have, have all faced really top, 
wide receivers. So that's kind of, I think that helps in their favor. So. Yeah. And I think going back to the Stingley thing, I mean, he's obviously battle tested with his own team, right? With Justin Jefferson. Good Lord. Yes. <laughs> uh, Marshall, um, Boutte even as recently this year, but he's just very patient at the point of the ta- point of attack. And that's what you need to be able to win man of mine. Everyone can be physical, use their hands well, but um, Stingley uses his eyes and feet in correlation. Like they kind of move at the same time together. And I think that's really important. It is, yeah. All right, so weaknesses. Well, what do you see as weaknesses in this game? Besides, let's take away the foot issues, right, and the question marks about there. Yeah. Um, even though we talked about being a willing tackler, I'm still – the weakness is a little bit of physicality. At the same time of being patient and stuff, he doesn't really use his hands to push people off their route. Um, he's not the great – he's not the most physical at the top of routes, you know, when guys are breaking off a dig or a curl or a comeback. There's a couple of game, clips in that – um. 2019 Bama game, which was just a war for both teams, right? Both guys, both teams are getting beat, but you can see him kind of getting, um, he doesn't really like to reroute a lot, as I've noticed, um, and he can be stacked, but he uses his ball skills and athleticism to make up getting stacked by the receiver. So, you know, obviously we have the foot issues and durability questions, and then I would probably just say the physicality, but not from necessarily a tackling standpoint, just how we, um, is functioning at the top of routes and at the point of attack at the line of scrimmage too. Right. Like, like you mentioned, he hasn't played a lot of zone coverage and when he has, he hasn't been the greatest in it. Um, yeah. But I don't think, I don't think he's going to be asked to do that a whole lot. I, a lot. I agree. So LSU, you know, historically LSU doesn't play a lot of zone coverage with their corners anyway. And they did in 2020 and we saw what happened to their defense or yeah. Uh, but I do think, you know, at the NFL, you're going to have to play a little bit of zone, even though I think he'll get drafted to a team that wants to play press man or even um, a little bit of matchup zone. But, you know, I guess the, the not necessarily the football IQ, but the, just the eye discipline on a zone coverage would be maybe a little bit of a question mark just because of the lack of experience doing that. And that can be a learning curve. There's a lot of a lot of communication that comes into that kind of stuff. So. Right. The only, and then the other thing I wanted to note was that he, he might have to tone the aggressiveness back a tiny bit. You yep. know, the NFL quarterbacks know how to use their eyes and their, you know, more to manipulate. And, you know, something you'll have to be a little bit careful of. But he can get burned a couple times. That's a, that's a rookie. You know, most corners aren't great as soon as they get into the NFL anyways. It yeah. usually takes them a little bit of time. So That's my thing. Yeah, corners, um, they get a lot of a lot of heat, obviously, but they're going to lose matchups. And I think oh, yeah. that stands out about Stingley is it doesn't phase him. If he does lose a matchup, he'll come back and probably win the next battle, more likely than not. So um, that's something I think a lot of the corners in this class demonstrate, but he's kind of a step above that. You've seen him lose a couple battles one-on-one, but he comes back and gets an interception the next drive or makes a play. So, Oh, yeah, he's got that fire, that passion, that, you know, he, he acts like a number one. Yeah, you know, he... That that's kind of I, I love that in corners. So, all right. And as far as the mock draft database, I mean, he's going in the first round. I, yep. I don't see any way he's not. Um, Twelve to the Vikings seems to be a popular one. Eleven to the Commanders. Uh, t- latest one I saw was twenty three to the Cardinals, but I don't think he's going to make it that far. That would Boy, be, that would be, be a far drop. Yeah, but that'd be cool though. I bet they would be really happy. <laughs> yeah, with Brian Murphy, I don't think they would complain a lot. No, no, no. So are there any teams you really like? Do you think you'd be, I mean, I think you'll be successful anywhere, but there's any teams you like better than others or? So there, the Ravens sticks out to me. I think you got Marcus Peters coming off the Achilles. 
I do think they like Humphrey in the slot a little bit more. And the Ravens had some secondary issues last year. Um, and the Ravens historically draft pretty well, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think um, a lot of people have them going to the Jets, not at four, but I think it's 10, I think is the Jets' second pick in the first round. Um, but the Ravens is one that stands out to me. You know, I think Stingley should be drafted top 12, like without a doubt, but you know, he could fall into that later teens, early twenties because of the foot concerns. I think he is working out at pro day, um, which, you know, if he runs a low four, four, high four, three, I think he's going to shoot right back up and could easily be the number one corner selected. But the Ravens really sticks out to me just because of what they ask their corners to do. They like to get ball hockey corners. And I think he would fit in. I think he fit in well, and they may not ask him to do too much early and can kind of eat their system because you know they have Humphrey they have Peters so I think that'd be a, a really good fit and it stands out to me yeah that'd be a dream spot for I mean to say they had secondary issues is is being nice um <laughs> yeah, right. I think the yeah, stood out and it pains me to say this because I'm a Giants fan was the Eagles though I think pairing him with Darius Slay because they kind of remind me of each other when Darius like Darius Slay is a very he can he's very good very underrated corner honestly but he has great ball skills kind of the same body type and same size SEC player too. So the Eagles was the other one that kind of stood out to me for two fits that I would like Stingley to have. Right. And Stingley has clocked a 4.3 second 40 before. Yeah. And, and he has a 42 inch vert and a 4.28 shuttle. I don't know how. Hey, you, know, <laughs> you, you never know how, how official those are, you know, and how right. good they were timed, but he's fast. He's fast on tape. He's fast. He's fast. Yeah. Don't worry about he that. Play, he plays fast too. I think you know it's one thing you get all these guys running, you know, four two eight, four four three flat, and then they don't play as fast, right? And but you know, Stingley demonstrates that ability to play fast as well. Um, that's something that I really look for. Not just your, not just your t-shirt and compression shorts time, but how how fast are you when you have pads on? Obviously, right. And then as far as a fantasy spend, I, I don't know if you play. Do you play fantasy or? I do. I actually won my. Uh, won one of my leagues this year for the first time probably ever honestly <laughs> <laughs> that's nice yeah and then as far as defensive and idp i, I don't tend to draft corners in <laughs> in rookie and idp so i think he'll be an all right fantasy cornerback and he'll he'll probably get some tackles his first couple of years but once he gets the game and learns he will probably will not be thrown at so yeah, I don't know if you have any take on fantasy for a corner. Yeah, I think um, it's hard because, you know, you look at someone like Trayvon Diggs, right? A lot of people probably was fantastic for fantasy football this past year. But at the same time, he could argue that he was not one of the top performing corners when you watch the tape and how often he got beat. And so <laughs> um, I do think Stingley's ability, kind of like you hinted at, it kind of can be a little guessy at corner, like a D'Angelo Hall type would, would relate to him to being able to be a good fantasy performer. But um, I don't see really an immediate impact, I would say, um, as a rookie this coming year. Right. Yeah, it's 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 a crapshoot with corners, I tell you. I, I'm usually a waiver wire corner guy. Like, I'll grab a couple in the draft, and then I'll just play the waiver wire throughout the season. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy's playing Carson Wentz. Okay, I'll throw him in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, again, if he goes to um, if he goes to the NFC East, he might be in the Eagles spot. It might be a really good spot for him. But exactly, if he goes to that AFC North, which is probably arguably the best division in football, maybe with Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, um, <laughs> you know, that could be a little bit more difficult. But I was going to ask, do you like this year's corner class or last year's corner class better? Probably this one. Interesting. I, I don't know. They're pretty close. This this is I really like this class a lot as far as. 
I feel like the top is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I think once you get past those first pass sauce, it's a little dicey. Mm-hmm. But there's still some guys who could surprise, you know, some good guys that could be nickel slots and or nickel corners, things like that. But I think that the top four and then sauce are, are pretty damn good. So I, 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 you can make a case that everyone up to McDuffie could go in the top half of the first round. They'll probably go in the first round, though. So. There could probably be five. In, yeah. One, actually, there probably will definitely be five in the first round, maybe six. Right. That, that's that's crazy. That's really good. And and then several could be elite, too. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, it's tough, yeah. I think the only difference from last year's class to this year's is last year, I think everyone definitively was like, it's JC or Sertan, one, two. This year, you know, some people like Sauce Stingley. I think you and I, like, you know, we both like Booth, too, McDuffie. So there's kind of a little bit of right. prey area this year versus last year. All right. Well, thank you, Tyler. Thank you very much for coming on, man. Yep. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter. If you're working on anything right now, you can plug it. Yeah, uh, you can find me, TJ Citrullo, C-E-T-R-U-L-O, on Twitter. Um, doing a lot of work um, with recruiting analytics, and we have a lot of uh, – draft coverage coming out and our rankings coming out. So stay tuned for that. Excellent. Thank you very much, man. And you can find me on Twitter, FF people's champ, this podcast, daily draft, RPRT. I'm just kind of working behind the scenes at dynasty nerds and campus to camp. I do a lot of editing, so you won't see much of my writing anymore. Yeah. I'm always there behind the scenes lurking. Anyways, that sounds creepy. All right. Thank you guys. <laughs> thank you guys very much for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow.